Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Andre Roberts from St. Andrews University in North Carolina. Welcome, Coach. Hello. How you doing? Uh, everything's good. It's good to be here. I can't wait to speak to you some more about the program and uh, just just inform people on, on what's going on at St. Andrews. Yeah, looking forward to it because it's funny because I honestly, I'm I pride myself on knowing a lot of schools. My wife thinks I'm crazy because I'll mention a school in, in a city and she'll be like, how do you even know that place exists? I don't know. It's just one of my, one of my, my crazy ticks, like uh, 80s movie quotes and things like that. But anyway, um, but, but St. Andrews is not actually one that I'm very familiar with. And then I find it interesting. You guys are a branch of Weber International, which is just a couple hours down the road for me, which I do know. Um yeah. So we'll talk about that later, but but let's uh, let's talk about the recruiting side of things. You know, we are uh, exactly I think four weeks away from the the June fifteenth date that most kids are are always worried about uh, when it comes to their recruiting process. But so obviously that doesn't affect you guys as an NAI school. But um, what has been your your kind of recruiting process so far for the? The, the kids graduating here in 23 are you guys looking at 24s I know you just you guys just appointed a new head coach so what has the spring really looked like from a recruiting perspective for you guys from a recruiting standpoint the spring has been absolutely bad it is <laughs> it's been so crazy um it's been tough this is so this is my first year coaching um, so this is, I just graduated last year. I played at St. Andrews last year and going from a player to being a coach and recruiting has been definitely a difficult transition. One thing I've definitely learned, uh, one word that I've learned a lot is no, um, <laughs> a lot, a lot of rejection, a lot, a lot of rejection. Um, and you know, it's, it's made me a better recruiter. We've what I've tried to do is before the head coach was appointed, there was kind of a period where our old head coach left and she was coming in. So it was just me. Um, what I was doing is basically hitting field level every day, hitting NCSA every day. Um, you know, some agencies that were emailing me, you know, from Germany, Spain, um, just trying to really email players as much as I could um and and try to get them this year we lost four seniors um so so we're trying to you know gain with two of them were probably our best players um but we're trying to regain that kind of that that quality that we lost 
Um, and we're, we're looking for a lot of that um, in terms of, you know, international players who can come in who are pretty technical um, and, and, and yeah, but this year we're graduating 11 seniors. Um, so it's, it's been pretty difficult finding a lot of freshmen that are going to come in this year. That's, that's kind of what we're trying to do is get in those freshmen this year. So those seniors can kind of, you know, help them out, get them, help them understand the game, get that experience. So then next year we can have at least some sophomores with some experience. Um, but unfortunately we haven't been able to find a huge class yet. Um, it's, it's late in the game, but it's also still kind of, you know, there's, there's still some stragglers that you can pick up here and there. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, right now we're relying a lot on, on some transfers, uh, some Juco transfers to come in and, and, and really be helpful at our four-year school. So I think definitely the biggest theme that I've had for recruiting this year is, is rejection, honestly. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's funny. I mean, one of, one of the main reasons I started this podcast was I was a Division II college coach in, in kind of in a similar situation where I got hired late, had to beg, plead, borrow, and steal just to try to get enough on the roster. Uh, but because part of the reason was nobody knew about my school, right? It, we weren't big a big name in, in college soccer. And, and so I've kind of started this podcast to hopefully be a platform for people to learn about schools that may not exist. So uh, hopefully people will hear this and, and you might get a few more phone calls, but, uh, but in terms of, of recruiting, you, you mentioned a lot on the, on the Juco transfer, you know, international route, which makes a lot of sense. But if we're looking at those, those freshmen, those, those high school kids that are coming up, um, you know, are you guys focused on specific attending specific events that, that you definitely want to hit? Are you focused, you know, really hard on North Carolina or just the region? Are you looking national? What, what is, what kind of makes those decisions for you? Right. So our domestic students, we do love to hit North Carolina. So we're about two hours from Raleigh. We're two hours from Charlotte, two hours from Wilmington and two hours from Myrtle beach. So we're kind of like in the middle of, of all that. Um, so we look at, at players, especially from like a Wilmington, a Raleigh, Greensboro, Charlotte, that's where we're looking. Um, obviously, when when you talk about also a big part of recruiting, you got to talk about price, right? So when you get those North Carolina students, they get a little bit more FAFSA. You know, they're, they're, there's a little bit more money for them there to come to our school. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're looking in those areas first. So we hit North Carolina pretty hard. Um, I would say for me, I love to hit North Carolina, Florida, South Carolina, and Virginia, just because those states are just right on that uh, eastern seaboard right there. Um, so that's kind of where, where we do a lot. Um, in terms of, of events, I also coach a, a public high school team. I'm a volunteer coach for a public high school team in South Carolina called Marlboro County High School. Um, and, you know, luckily I've been able to see all of the girls that their girls teams play. I coach the boys team, um, but I'm able to see some of the girls that they play. Um, so I do a lot of recruiting like that as well, going out to those away games, seeing girls like that. Um, and then also just, um, you know, just 
field level, honestly. I haven't been to too many events this spring. Um, we went to the the state tournament, uh, this well, the USYS um tournament where they had they played like two games, the under 18 girls. Um, so we were able to check out some girls there. Um, but in terms of of getting out and recruiting, I haven't been on the road that much. It's been a lot more online because I haven't I've been trying to find every event that I can go to and I just haven't haven't been able to yet. All right. Well, put put on your calendar June uh, 16, 17 and 18 in Greensboro. That'll be the ECNLR regionals. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and I played in those. That is one. <laughs> that's one tournament I know about. And I was telling my I was telling Ebony about it. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I know they play in Burlington on these days. Um, and then that's when you'll see some some real quality um, come through. Yeah, well, I'll be there with my 08 girls so we can hang out there. Um, <laughs> um, well, in terms of, you know, all those things, I know you got to change over in, in coaches and all this kind of thing. But do you guys ever hold ID camps as a way to bring players in? Are those important? Are you or your or Coach Ebony working at any ID camps? How does how do camps fit in? So, yes, Coach Ebony is actually um, she's going to be doing some ID camps up north this summer. Um, she she has some coaching that she does up there and they're having some ID camps up in like Maine, um, New York, Upper New York, Connecticut, those kind of places. Um, so she'll be attending some up there. Um, and I'm also having a clinic down here in the Bahamas uh, for some Bahamian girls to try and teach them about the college experience and then obviously, you know, scout, recruit for some girls for us already. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what what we're doing this summer as it pertains to next year. We're definitely going to be doing a lot more ID camps in the spring of 2024. We plan to have at least two, um, you know, and kind of like February and late March, you know, kind of like maybe right after a spring break or just before spring break for some people um, just to kind of get some people to know about our school more. Um, and then next year also we'll be having some camps um, in the United States, like some summer camps um, that people can come to um, hopefully live in the dorms and maybe do like a, like a, like a week ID camp that way. Okay, great. Well, let's switch gears, talk a little bit more about the school. Uh you just graduated from there, so so you got the 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 perfect insight into uh, to helping people understand. So besides what I'm going to learn just by clicking through the website, kind of give me what do you think are are things that that make the school pretty cool? Um, well, I think the biggest thing about our school is is for me what I enjoyed is it's a small school. <coughs> Excuse me, um, it's a small school, and we have a teacher to student a professor student ratio of twelve to one. Um, so you're really going to be, oh, sorry, student to professor ratio, 12 to one. Um, you're really going to get that feel with your professors. Um, you're going to be able to get to know them. You're going to be able to email them, um, at 10 o'clock at night and they most likely will answer, <laughs> um, depending on the kind of student you are sometimes. Um, but you know, you will, you will be able to get that communication from your professors for sure. Um, I also think another part about it is we're close to the beach. We're close to the city. 
Um, but we're also in a small town, so it's not too many distractions um, as an athlete. So you can kind of like hone in, get in the zone and like be, you know, focused on soccer. Um, I think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good part as well. Um, another thing about the school is we offer a variety of of specialized majors such as, you know, growing majors such as sports performance sports management. I know a lot of, um, there's been at our school, at least there's been about, I think a 17 or 18% increase of women alone that are doing sports management and sports performance. Um, so, you know, we're really moving forward in, in that aspect. Um, we also have communications, we have nursing education. So we have, you know, a well-rounded, well-rounded variety of majors that someone can come to our school um, and learn. On the residential side of it, I think um, being at a small school and being able to, you know, know everyone and being able to be paired up with, with a soccer teammate in the dorms um, and not being far away from like the dining hall or, you know, it, it's a big campus, but like the residential side is kind of like compact. So you're pretty close to the dining hall. Um, you're pretty close to the gym. Um, and athletes are obviously allowed to go into the gym anytime. They just have to let me know, let the coach know. So I think in terms of, you know, a school in general, we're super diverse. We have people from over 36 countries at our school, um, considering we're a very small school. Um, so I think that, you know, we, we have a lot to offer with diversity and academics and the residential side of things. Okay, awesome. Well, for a lot of students, making the transition from high school to college can be a little tough just with the, the balance of the demands of playing a sport and, and the academics that are upon them. So what are the ways that your student athletes really balance their sport and studies and, and what kind of support systems does the school have to help them with that? So we, this year, actually our, our women's soccer team is actually very good about this. And if they, if they watch this, I know they'll be very happy when I say this, they have a great team GPA. We had a team GPA of 3.4, um, the last, uh, cumulative this whole year. Um, so the girls really hit the books hard. Um, and, and I love that we, we are in a position where we, you know, our girls are, we trust our girls enough to do the the work on their own. Now, other teams, um, you know, they have like our men's team, like for freshmen, they have a mandatory study hall. Um, for our girls, we don't have a mandatory study hall um, because, you know, like we've been able to have that, you know, rapport with them and knowing that they're going to get their work done. Um, but I think the way our girls are able to manage it is, and some of our girls are really good. Um, so we have girls who are playing soccer 4.0 GPA and then they are the head of Christian club or we have girls who are on our soccer team 3.9 GPA and they're the head of the Knights for Health Club which is our club that gets people outside doing activities um, like they will have like a 5k run from our school to Dunkin Donuts and then you get free donuts and then you go back um, so those are the kind of things that the girls on our team are, are doing um, they're involved in student life. Um, and our girls, I think our girls are really good about that. We have girls who are RAs. We have girls who, like I said, you know, Knights for Health, 
Christian club. Um, and we just, we just have, I think a lot of girls who are committed to not only being athletes and students, um, but also being involved in their St. Andrews community. Okay. Well, can you walk me through, like, let's fast forward a few months. It's going to be fall. What's a typical week going to look like for a girl on the team with regards to when is class, when are meals, when is training, what's the game cadence kind of look like? Just just an average week during the season. What's that going to be? Right. So so if we're in season, um, you know, you wake up on a Monday morning, um, you know, depending on on your times, you have class, you, you have class from about eight to three. Um, and then in between those times, obviously, you can go to the training room. Um, we have trainers in there who are going to treat you. Um, you can make a, an appointment to go in there or schedule a time to go in there, get fixed up. Um, we usually start training at about half three, um, 3.30. Um, so you're required to be to training, you know, 3.15, 15 minutes early. Um, get your boots on, shin guards, whatever, get ready to go. Um, we start training at about half three. We usually end at about five, five half five. Um, and then dinner starts at five. So you can go to dinner. Um, and then once, you know, once you go to dinner, um, dinner ends at about 7.30. So you can shower, you can go back to your room, shower, then go to dinner. Um, and then we'll usually, this season, we're going to have, you know, tactical sessions in the evening. Um you know, that's a Monday, Tuesday, usually we have, we'll have, um, an away game maybe on a Wednesday. So, you know, we'll travel on a, we'll wake up, go to class. And then that Tuesday we'll travel probably at around 11, 12 P 11 AM, 12 PM, depending on where we're going. So if we have an away game at Reinhardt, that's in Atlanta, five and a half hours away, travel there, um, get some lunch before you get on the bus, travel there, eat dinner, you know, team meeting, um, making sure everyone's drinking water, hydrating, play on a Wednesday. Thursday is a recovery day. Um, you know, Thursday where it's a light session, probably rolling out a little bit of possession, some passing patterns, um, going through the motions. Friday, you know, we play on Saturdays as well, usually um, as probably like a home game. Um, so Friday, you know, we use that as like set pieces, um, you know, pattern play, um, formation, tactical session, um, and then you play on a Saturday and then usually you get Sunday off. Okay. Makes sense. Well, let's talk more about, about the soccer side of, of things. Like what well, we were talking about the roster. Is there a roster size you guys are, are trying to hit that you think is an well, ideal is. size? Right, right now we're trying to hit 25 um in in coach ebony's first season um first couple months um we're trying to hit 25 which i am very hopeful for we have uh about 23 on the roster right now um on the upcoming roster that's that's going to be there so we are looking to hopefully if you know 25 and if we're lucky enough get to 28 um you know if we get to 28 um you can play 11 v 11 every day sometimes people will have lab during during training so you know they may have to miss training for lab and you know unfortunately the reality of it is people get injured so you know you got a couple injuries in there 
Um, I would love to have a completely healthy team, but unfortunately people get injured. So that 28 helps you account for, okay, we, we may have three injured. We may have two in class. Um, but you know, at least at the end of the day, that's five. We still got 23 here. Um, you know, so we can still play 11 v 11. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest part is, you know, can we play 11 v 11, you know, almost every day so we can work out that pattern play. Um, we can work out those set pieces, counterattacks, um, and, and just trying to get, get stuff, um, right. Cause you know, you want to train the way you play. So, you know, if you, if you can have 11 v 11, most days in training, that's, that's a bonus. For sure. For sure. Well, can you talk about the kind of the, the team style of play, the culture of the team. And I know it's a little early to say what coach Ebony's style of coaching is at this point, but, but just kind of give me a, a, what it, what it's like in that regard. Um, so the style of play, obviously we haven't established much of style of play um, yet culture with coach Ebony. Um, I think she is so not, I think I know she's huge on culture. Um, she is a lot for the girls being close. She is a lot for team bonding. Um, she is a really good coach in all aspects, but particularly strong in the aspect of culture because she wants the team to all be on one page, which sounds easy to do. <laughs> but as you know, as a former college coach, it is not easy to do. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it can be it can be pretty hard. You know, these girls are from... And honestly, girls isn't even for these women. They are from different walks of life. Um, so, you know, you got to get them, especially in college, you got to get them to be able to understand one another, um, want to be around one another, even if they're not friends, um, want to be around one another enough that they want to they wanna be together because they want to win. They have this common goal to win. Um, and I think she is huge on that. And, and we're going to be doing a lot of that this year um, in terms of a lot more team meetings, um, a lot more team bonding, um, a lot more, you know, just just being together. I think, you know, season starts in in for us August 8th. Um, so when it ends, hopefully in November, right after Nationals, um, you want the girls to be sick of one another, um, but also be like, wow, I'm glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got to know you better. I'm glad I got to know who you are. I didn't know who you were in August, but now I know your dad's in the military. Now I know that your mom's a, you know, teacher. Now I know, you know, so they get to know each other. And I think she's huge on that. Um, and, and, and so am I, I love the way that she's leading the team in that direction. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you look at the two top 25 teams in the nation that are in our conference, which are Truett McConnell and Reinhardt, you know, you can kind of tell when you play these teams, they are together. These girls hang out. These girls know one another. These girls are on the same page. That's why they're in the national tournament every year. Um, so, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're striving to, to be like, similar to those teams, but better. Um, and I definitely think culture in terms of what Coach Ebony is is putting forth is going to be a positive step in that direction. All right. Well, you've been really generous with your time. I don't want to take up too much more of it. I've got one last question for you. And 
and it's if you could let parents, players, whoever's listening to this know one thing about the recruiting process and, and finding a college and, and playing in college, what would that one thing be? I would I would definitely say this is a lesson I learned when I was coming um, and a lesson I know even more now as a coach. Um, two things. One, it's great to play Division One, but Division One is not the end-all, be-all. Um, playing Division One soccer is great, and it is fun. I'm sure it is, and it is competitive. But you have to know when you get there, as in all levels, that there's a certain level of, of competitiveness and there's a certain level of mental strength that you have to have to play at that level. Um, and definitely, I would say, um, you know, NCAA is a great division, but so is NAI. We're super competitive. Um, and I think that that's why I say Division One is not the end-all, be-all. NAIA can also be a great alternative. Um, it's also, there are schools that are super affordable in NAIA um, that I think girls and guys alike will, will definitely enjoy. Um, the second thing I'll say about the recruiting process is go with your gut. Seriously, go with your gut. Choose a school that, you know, and I know your prayer, your parents probably say it, your coach probably says it, but it's true, man. If you tear your ACL, God forbid, you get injured, are you really going to be like, okay, I'm vibing with this place. I like it. I want to be here. Um, and, and, you know, you got to find a place that you can call home, find a place that you, that you want to be at regardless of the football, regardless of, you know, if the coach makes you angry, regardless of, you know, if you don't always get along with your teammates, can you find some solace in a place where you're like, well, you know, everything's not working out, but it's a good place because of this. Um, so, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, coach, really appreciate the time. Wish you the best of luck in the fall and in all your recruiting. You, and uh, if, if you guys are in Greensboro, uh, maybe we'll catch up. All right. All right. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right.